How do you put into words that which by its very nature cannot be described by words? How do you take such an intense personal realization, internal revelation, that all at once, simultaneously, is the big picture and the little detail that covers 30,000 foot view to the very rock beneath your feet, one that explains the past and the future all together. How do you take that and fragment that and segregate that down into words that uh, are dependent upon uh, perception anyway? And how do you string together these words to tell a story like that? You don't. You don't. And in my opinion, that's why it's the thought that counts, right? My name is Scott Morgan, and I appreciate you uh, checking this out. You know, I appreciate you giving it a go to see what this crazy guy has to talk about. But what I have to talk about, uh, oddly enough, and it seems to be my lot in life, is to put into words that which is, by nature, by definition, uh, unspeakable. Most people that I've encountered, and this will all this will ever be is my experience, and it can't be anything else but my experience, in my opinion, but most often, I would say at least once in our lives, we all ask that question, who am I? And what is my purpose? I, I can't imagine what it would be like to go through life without asking that question. Um, that's a question I've asked for as long as I can remember. Um, now, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? It's it's easier in retrospect to put things together, but where I sit now, I realize the course of my life has, has been first unconsciously until I reached probably the age of 20 or so uh, in this pattern of who am I and, and what is my purpose. And then consciously, I began to pursue it and question it. And it seems to me that it is this question which defines us. But along my journey, which I intend to explain and share over however many podcasts this lasts, <laughs> is how can I not know who I am? How is it I can have such complete amnesia? How is it I can be in a world with seemingly infinite and possibly infinite possibilities, combinations, uh, expressions, a world that whatever you can think of, it's here, it's available, or, or it can be brought forth. In a world that seemingly the only constant is change, how, if I don't remember who I am, if I don't know who I am, if I have to ask the question, who am I? It means I don't know, and if I don't know, how am I supposed to find out in a world where things are constantly changing? Now, hopefully that's not terribly confusing, <laughs> but welcome to my journey, my uh, path, what I believe to be my path in this world. And this is the story I want to tell. I want to tell the story of how can I not know who I am. It's not a conclusive story by any means, but it is a story that um, is filled with observations and uh, collections of evidence and trial and error. One of the things I've always been good at is detail, is uh, I can absorb information very quickly and very thoroughly from my environment and, and piece it together. Uh, some call that synthesizing. And the journey that I have been on to understand 
how can I not know who I am, has led me through and quite easily led me through uh, many of the religious and traditional and non-traditional spiritual teachings, esoteric teachings. But it's also led me down a journey of psychology and uh, what we now know as epigenetics and neuroscience. Um, An expert by no means, but enough to where I was able to fill in some blanks uh, along my journey and piece together what seems to me to make sense. And in doing so, we have to arrive at some, we have to walk this balance, is what I was going to say. We have to arrive at a balance of using the subjective, but also using the objective. In my opinion, it is this world that is not black or white. In this world, there is gray area because there are so many different interpretations. And I always come to mind as a martial artist, I think of the yin and yang, the Tai Chi symbol. And, you know, most people and I for a long time have always seen the two halves, the black and white. But the more I looked at it, the more I realized it is a whole. It is a complete unit. It's a singular. And contained within that singular is the duality. And in this world where there is a gray area, We are in this world, so we have to work and play and understand the gray area. But I don't find that that leads to salvation, if you will, that leads to answers, if you will. Um, I find that we need a definite point to stick to. We need a, a definite understanding to lean on, to choose, and personal development will tell you, and, and even in the Bible will tell you that wherever your heart is, And there shall you be as well. And we find that what we focus on is what we get. But I also believe there's another piece in play here. And this is the challenge, right? Is balancing the, the pieces at play, identifying the pieces and then balancing them. The other piece in play is, uh, how can I not know who I am? Sure, where did I come from? I am the created. But what for? And to me, that is the who am I? What, what for? If I am the created, what for? And, of course, we're all going to have our answers. We're all going to have our beliefs. But come on, you know, tell me the truth. What is it? And I think, in my opinion, it is the effort, it is the journey to discovering who we are, to discovering that passion that uh, resides within us that we hear so much about in the world today. Follow your passion, live your dreams, Um, I think that's very real. And one of the most powerful stories uh, I will always remember that I want to use to bring this to a close is I used to live, I was born and raised in North Carolina uh, back in 1978. And it was in 2014 that I packed up and moved to Oregon. And, of course, traveled so much along the way. But before I left, I had a dear friend of mine that I went to high school with. And, you know, we we knew of each other in high school. But as we got older, our paths crossed again. And there was something about us that just clicked. I I know, you know, most people have that experience of just, there's this random person. All of a sudden, you just seem to get along with them. You seem to mesh with them. You seem to click with them. And um, he's a 
become a very dear friend of mine and we have such a connection that um, I call, consider him a brother. Uh, not in a, uh, a plutonic sense, but in a real sense we have that kind of connection. And he was uh, struggling, uh, struggling is not the right word, he was choosing to uh, be in uh, alcoholic. And he was choosing that for very good reasons. And I was concerned that if I left the state, uh, I would leave him behind. I was really his only anchor point. And I talked him into finally going to an AA meeting with me. And oh, it wasn't many days before I actually left town. And he did it because of our connection. And um, <laughs> he, was, he was stiff as a board. Got him in there. And I remember walking into the, the, the lower level of this, this Methodist church in North Carolina. And there were cars out front, of course, you walk in, and, and there's this kind of a solemn environment. They've got coffee, you know, cheap coffee over on the coffee table. And there was some, so a handful of people, mostly older gentlemen, and, and my buddy was just, you know, he wasn't a socialite anyway, but man, this was really out of his comfort zone. And, but I appreciate him because he did it for me, and we went around, and People introduce themselves if they wanted to. I don't know if you're familiar with an AA meeting process or not, but you introduce yourselves and you say, you know, talk about being an alcoholic and you share some of your stories and your experiences. And most people get in there and, and tell what the hard, what is hard for them, what, what they've struggled with this week. It's a chance to get it off their chest. And, you know, I heard some, some pretty interesting stories, some, some scary stories that I could not relate to. And then my buddy, uh, you know, I'd watch him and he would just kind of seize up and shake his head, and he was really struggling. He wouldn't even look up off the ground. And then after all the stories went through, and you know, we broke, and we got to talk, I got to talking to uh, this older gentleman who'd been there. Come to find out he'd been there 40 years. He was one of the, what I call, old-timers there at the, the AA, and he'd been there for 40 years. And in the course of a conversation, he walked over to talk to my friend, and I was still with him, and I'll never forget, he said, he said, uh, he said, son, I, I strongly encourage you to listen for what is the same, not what is different. He said, you're going to listen to all these stories in the room and you're going to decide, you know, I, I don't have those kinds of problems. You know, man, I, that's, that's worse than I'll ever be. Or, he said, but it's not about what's different. He said, it's about what's the same. And that has always stuck with me. And the further I go along on my journey and, and the more I try to share this story that I, I feel the need to share, we're going to talk about what's the same. Because in a world where things are so different, we need to find that. We need to find that common ground. We need to find the balance of life situations. We need to find what is the same. And... That, to me, is the game changer, and that was the journey that I've had to, to go on, and as the journey I recommend for anyone. So, thank you for listening, and uh, I hope you, you stay tuned. I hope I can become enough of a, a storyteller and share my experiences thoroughly enough that you feel engaged and that, that you feel heard. So, till next time.